Hi there, friend. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I hope you've had a good week. I hope you can look back over the last week and think of at least one fun thing you've done. I had a great week. This last Saturday, uh, my church, Calvary Chapel, Chester Springs, we had a event for women, and it was a great time with some teaching, but then also tons of fellowship time, which was so nice. It was just so fun to hang out, and I met lots of new people, and you know, lots of chatting and conversations, and it was just great. I loved it, so I was really thankful um, for that, and I hope you had fun this past week, too. And I am excited to continue um, talking about my topic from last week, which was, you know, the whole hottest, or no, what is it, modest is hottest, um, and other harmful things from purity culture. Last week, I sort of just talked about Oh, the overview and then do not judge, which I have to say, I felt bad afterwards that I was like, I didn't want to sound judgmental of people who are judgmental, so if that makes sense. So, you know, all, all said in humility and grace that I need to hear all of this too. Anyway, um, I am going to continue with that topic today, but I do want to give you a little disclaimer that I'm not, I mean, I could do 10 episodes on this. I feel like there's so much to explore in it, but I'm not going to do that. I don't want you to be like, oh my gosh, all she talks about is purity culture. So I'm going to talk about modesty today, but then I'll take a break and go back to sort of my, my normal, my normal topics. Uh, after that, maybe we'll come back to this again later. So modesty and not really modesty, but clothing, clothing and purity culture. Well, as I was thinking about clothing, and my, my own history with clothing, <laughs> um, I thought back to this time when I was, oh gosh, I must have been 10 or 11, and my parents got invited to um, somebody's house from my dad's work. I was trying to remember his last name. It started with E. Uh, but anyway, we got invited over to these people's house that was my dad's you know, friend from work. And they had one son, so it's just like the mom and dad and their son. And the son was uh, several years older than me, but like he was probably like 14 and I was about 11. Anyway, and I have, I'm one of five, I'm in the middle. So all five of us, you know, mom gets all of us in the car and she made us dress up. So this is getting to the point, which back in the day, you know, we dressed up for things. We dressed up for church. I had dresses that were for church and shoes that you only wore to church. And I had to wear that to this, these people's house. And I'm pretty sure my dad wore a suit. My mom was like all dressed up and we're going to dinner at their house. So we get there and the guy opens the door and he's wearing shorts and flip-flops. And I don't think my dad even owned flip-flops, but I was horrified. I was like, we are not dressed appropriately for this. And I'm pretty sure I talked to my mom about this afterwards. I'm pretty sure she was like, it's okay. We dressed up. We look nice. And she was completely comfortable with it. I felt so uncomfortable because, and of course the kid was dressed in shorts too. And, uh, he, I remember we all went out, the kids all went out back or whatever. And he was like, why are you so dressed up? And I was like, I don't know. I'm so embarrassed. But anyway, clothing can be difficult. It can make us feel awkward and uncomfortable, or it can just be difficult. It can be difficult to know what to wear. So let's talk about it. And even more, let's pause and ponder it. I want to think about the effect the purity culture had on us in thinking about our clothing, but also 
pondering what God says about it. What does God think about what we wear? Uh, and pretty sure we all wear clothes, so this applies to everyone. This is the Pause and Ponder podcast with me, Susie Weber. Thanks for listening. I truly hope as you listen, you will be encouraged and you will be reminded to pause and ponder the greatness of God today. Okay, so like I said, my first disclaimer is I'm going to do this episode on modesty, but then I'm going to move on to other topics. So we're not going to, I'm not going to belabor the, the topic of purity culture too much, I hope. My next disclaimer is about what I said last week. I just want to say something about the nature of culture. A while ago, I read a book by Andy Crouch called Culture Making, Recovering Our Creative Calling. It was a really great book, but he made the point that culture is not like we can say, Christians often say, we don't want to be part of the culture, but he made the point of we are, like it's like the air we breathe, that is the nature of culture, we're in it. And it made me really think about this whole purity culture thing and that, you know, the whole idea of it is that we can't fully recognize culture around us. So when all of this purity culture stuff was happening, um, we might have felt like something was sort of off or that something was wrong, but we couldn't, we couldn't really identify it in the moment because we were in it. And it's a lot easier to analyze and see it all now that it's basically over. You know, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. So with that being said, I feel like I have to examine my own heart and as far as I can remember, because of course my memory is not fantastic, but... <laughs> But like, I have to ask myself, did I say things that lined up with um, these things that I'm saying were wrong? You know, did I say any of those things, uh, you know, back in the day? I know there's some things I never said, because I definitely did not agree with these things, even when it was happening. But as often happens, I often stayed silent. I know, I, I don't think I s- said these things myself, but I did often stay silent when others said them. And so that doesn't help either. Um, And it certainly didn't help any young people, both boys and girls, who have been hurt by purity culture statements. And you know what? I really feel badly about that. And so I want to repent of that and even say, I'm sorry if if you happen to be listening and you were one of those people. I want to go on record saying, I didn't agree with it then, I don't agree with it now. So then the last thing to think about with that is, well, if it's over, why bother talking about it? Well, I know for a fact that the effects of purity culture are still here. And just like me, they might be becoming more obvious to you now that we're sort of through the push for purity culture. So I think there are a lot of people dealing with hurt. Anyway, that's it for my disclaimers. Moving on. Like I said, today I want to talk about purity culture and clothing, aka modesty what it was called, modesty. Because what does modesty even really mean? Here's some definitions of the word modesty. The quality or state of being unassuming or moderate in the estimations of one's abilities. We would call that humility. Another definition says modesty involves behavior, manner, or appearance, appearance intended to avoid impropriety or indecency. So we usually think of it as appearance, 
But modesty is more like, really means more like humility and involves behavior. Free from vanity, free from boastfulness is our other definitions. I like those definitions. Another one said simplicity and moderation. So the first point I want to make is modesty isn't supposed to be just about clothes. And it also isn't just for women. But what are we supposed to think about what we wear? How much of it does apply? What I'd like to share with you is how my kids and I talked about um, choosing how to dress. And this goes for any age. The first thing is that we want to dress appropriately. And I think I said this last in the last week's episode too. Appro- what is appropriate changes over time. So this is why it can't just be a rule. It You have to And when we get to the scripture, it's a principle. It's not a rule. So we need to look at it that way. For example, what is appropriate to wear depends on where you're going, what the expectations are, and, you know, all of that. So the first thing is talking about what is appropriate together as a family. And even, you know, I often struggle with, okay, what's a, what, what are we supposed to wear to this thing? You know, and my girls will help me with that now. Um, or don't you ask someone, like if you're invited to a wedding and if you don't know if it's formal, you're like, hey, what are we supposed to wear to this, right? You want to dress appropriately. And this is why it's appropriate uh, in the different sense. This is why it's right for parents to help their children with deciding what to wear. Because when you're young, you don't know what is appropriate. And But our goal is that you would grow in that. And certainly by the time you're a young teen, you should be learning what it's appropriate to wear to the places you go most of the time, right? To church, to school, whatever. So this is something we want to teach our children, what it is appropriate to wear in different places. For example, I'll give you an extreme example in case, and you think that you shouldn't have to wear what is appropriate. You don't wear your bathing suit to church. It's totally appropriate to wear your bathing suit to the pool, but you don't wear it to church. So It's not that the clothing itself is inappropriate. It's that it's not appropriate in that place or for that occasion. So that's the first thing that we talked about is learning what is appropriate. The second thing is humility, being teachable. And so this goes back to, you know, children and even preteens or uh, even teenagers, if it's maybe an occasion they haven't been to before, we need to learn what is appropriate. So we need to be teachable. And that involves humility. But there's also the humility on the parents' side, or maybe it's not parents, but teachers or youth group leaders or whatever, people at church. The adults need to be humble too. And you know why? This is what I found. Young people are much more in tune with fashion, well, at least than I am. Maybe the, I won't say maybe, there are other women out there who like, they totally are rocking the fashion thing. I am not. So I needed to be humble, and I, I hope I was with my children as they grew up to ask them what is in fashion, right? And what is appropriate to wear? What's even appropriate to wear at my age? They would be like, they would help me with that. And it's a good thing. When we talk to our kids about this and respect their opinion, especially as they grow older, it helps them see that we struggle with these things too, as women. We are trying to figure out what to wear. We want to make sure we're dressing appropriately. If you don't tell them that it's never a problem for you, if you don't tell them that you struggle with these things, they won't know. 
They won't know. They'll assume, oh, you have it all figured out and you are perfect if you don't let them know, hey, I have to figure this out too. So humility. You know what? I thought it was interesting. I was looking at Philippians 2.3, which is usually translated, um, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Well, it is translated. It is that in like a lot of versions. But I was looking at, you know, when you Google um, a verse and it comes up in like a whole bunch of different versions. Well, there's this version called the Complete Jewish Bible. And the Complete Jewish Bible translates Philippians 2.3 this way. Do nothing out of rivalry or vanity but in humility regard each other as better than yourselves. And I thought that was an interesting way to look at that verse in regard to humility and clothing. Do nothing out of rivalry or vanity. So when you apply that verse to choosing what you're going to wear, that means you're going to consider the people you're going to be around that day or at that event and what will make them comfortable. It doesn't mean you're becoming a man-pleaser and putting aside what God wants for what the people want that you're going to be with. No, it means you are actually living out this verse. Do nothing out of rivalry, rivalry, it's a hard word to say, or vanity, but in humility regard each other as better than yourselves or regard the, the needs of others above your own, the interests of others above your own. So that is one way to choose your clothing is um, to dress appropriately, to dress in a way that takes into account how others um, will feel and what others expect. Now, that being said, this was something we argued, argued about at our home when my kids were teenagers, especially, funnily enough, with Wesley. The girls, the girls weren't really, I don't know, maybe they just listened to him and then didn't need to have the same conversation. But Wesley was the one who wanted to express himself through his clothing. And we, on the other hand, wanted him to dress appropriately and didn't feel that that expression was always appropriate. He had this sweatshirt. Sorry, Wes, I'm going to dime you out here. He had this sweatshirt that uh, it was a zip-up hoodie, and it was purple, bright neon purple and black stripes. He also had a pair of yellow skinny jeans, like uh, I don't even know how many years before anyone was wearing skinny jeans. And he would wear these things together. And we didn't want him to wear it to church. I think we did let him wear it to church. He he might have won that argument. But I was like, I was not super happy that he was wearing that to church. And so we had this conversation and really got into it about um, this need to express yourself, but also the biblical need to um, to be appropriate and to dress appropriately for where you were going. Which leads me to my next principle. And these are principles, not rules. Um, rules lead to legalism. Principles lead to being spirit-led. So I think it's important, in, especially with something like clothing, to have principles. So the first one was consider what is appropriate so that you are putting the interests of others above your own. And that goes for men and women. Then, then the next thing was to have humility. And then the next... The third principle, which I really consider the guiding principle behind how we should dress and the meaning of modesty, and I'll just say, I'll just say this is my personal guiding principle, um, is this. Does it draw attention to me or does it point to Christ? How do we do that with our clothing choices? It doesn't just mean wearing t-shirts that say Jesus loves you or, you know, faith or whatever. It's not that. It's about that when I meet people, interact with people, they are noticing my character and 
and what points to Jesus versus what I'm wearing. Whether it's like a fancy outfit that they're all they remember is my great clothes or a scandalous outfit that they're like, whoa, look what she's wearing. Either way, I am detracting. If I'm wearing clothes like that, I'm detracting from pointing to Jesus and just pointing to myself, right? That's how I see it anyway. So one side of this is figuring out what not to wear, and the, and then the other side would be, so what do I wear? So let's consider one and then the other. So what not to wear? And certainly there are clothing styles that do draw attention to self. They're, like I was saying, they're not all scandalous. It might be different categories. It isn't just the ones that show too much skin or are too tight, even though it would include some of those. And here's something to consider about that again, sort of a principle. It can require some heart work because the way style works and fashion works, like I said, we are soaking in culture. It's sort of like the air we breathe. So we, I don't know, it's just human nature maybe, that we like the stuff that is in style. It looks cute. It looks cool. And we go around feeling frumpy or ugly wearing something that is completely outdated and out of fashion. It's, it's just the way it is. So I just want to say it is perfectly normal to want to wear what is in style. And when that style is inappropriate and we know it, it is completely Christ-like to die to self and die to our desire to fit in and to be up to date and die to our own wants and choose to wear something else. It's normal to want it. It's Christ-like to deny it. And this can be really hard. This can be a hard thing to do. I've experienced this in a rather expensive way. Has this ever happened to you? I can think of many times that I try it on at the store. I like how it looks, so I buy it. And then I get back home and realize I can't wear it and have to either throw it away or put it in the back of my closet to never be worn again. It's so frustrating. But you know what? It's real. Normal to want it. Christ-like to deny it. To die to self. So what do we wear? Does this mean we should all just wear a uniform? No, of course not. I'm not saying that. Like Wesley wanting to express himself, I think that God gives us principles, not rules, for how we should dress too. Humility means we don't draw attention to ourselves, But also, identity in Christ means knowing God counts us as precious, redeemed, loved, this should make us choose clothes that reflect our worth. I don't mean they have to be expensive. I mean, dress like you care about yourself and have confidence that God made you and he doesn't make mistakes. So, yeah, wear that nice outfit. Take time to think about what you're going to wear. It's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, when I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade, I dressed in super baggy clothes because I was embarrassed about my changing body. I wasn't confident in who God had made me and how that was changing. I think it's pretty common. But as I became comfortable with how I had changed, I started caring about how I dressed. Now, I have never been a fashionista. I'm, in fact, a terrible shopper. You know, in my head, I have the most gorgeous clothes, but I never can find them. But, you know, you know what I mean. And I think part of dressing in a way that points people to Christ, true modesty, includes figuring out what is flattering on your body type 
and even figuring out your own style because you're reflecting that you are valuable to God and thus you see yourself as a person of value. So finally, let's consider a well-known and often quoted passage used for modesty and clothing choices. And it happens to be one of my favorite passages, 1 Peter 3. I'm just going to read two verses from it, the two that seem to relate most to this. The NIV says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, that would be clothing, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. So there you go, fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I love that um this translation's expression of that, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And another translation says, um, it is precious, very precious in the sight of God. And that's the key part, that this is precious in the sight of God. What a beautiful passage. I love this passage. This is a great passage to read when you feel frumpy, when you feel awkward in your clothes, like I felt awkward in my clothes when I went to that dinner with my parents, or any time, when you don't know what to wear, when you're choosing what to wear, to remember that God is pleased with you because of your character and not because of the fine clothes, the jewelry, or the hairstyle. We're to set our eyes on what pleases God instead of that old familiar comparing ourselves to other people. Listen to these two verses in a few different translations. The first one I read was the NIV. Then it says in the New King James, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, only outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. I love that expression too with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. And the ESV says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning let you put on the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which in God's sight is very precious. And then I thought, since I did read it before, I'd never even heard of it before, but the, um, what was it? Complete Jewish Bible. Here's what that one says. Your beauty should not consist in externals, such as fancy hairstyles, gold jewelry, or what you wear. Rather, let it be the inner character of your heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit. In God's sight, this is of great value. I love, I love hearing that in the different translations. And to think, again, it's a principle. What you wear on the outside versus your focus on the inner self, it doesn't say always wear a dress. It doesn't say, I don't know, anything else that would be a rule, don't do this. But to focus on the inner, um, inner character that reflects Christ versus too much attention, merely looking at the outward. And all of the passages about clothing, when they direct women to not wear something or to, you know, when they talk about their head coverings or 
um, long hair, short hair. It's all principles. They're taking what was inappropriate in their day and saying don't dress inappropriately and put your focus in the appropriate place on developing character that is Christ-like. And notice that in these verses in 1 Peter, the purpose of dressing modestly, of not focusing too much on your clothing, is to please God. It's not so that you won't make someone else stumble. In fact, these verses are, are a reminder that no matter what you are wearing, you will look beautiful and be beautiful when you know you belong to Jesus and you grow in that gentle and quiet spirit. I want that. I want to have a gentle and quiet spirit. I don't want what I wear to take away from that in any way. Honestly, I think if I wore something that covered me from chin to toe, because it was modest, it would detract. It would take away from my gentle and quiet spirit. But as far as clothing and purity culture goes, this is the big point. Please hear me. We don't dress and we don't teach young women to dress so that they will not cause their brother to stumble. This really is unbiblical. We dress in a way that pleases God. And this is an expression that's been said a lot, so I feel like it deserves little attention. And I have to say that when people have said this or even say it now, I really don't think they think it all the way through. I don't think they think about what is inferred and the mindset that is created from it. So, and, and I say that with, like, I think there was good intentions behind it. Because certainly we don't want to dress in a sexualized way. I think this, their sentiment is, um, is good. And we, and we don't want clothing that's super revealing, and that's usually what they're talking about, right? I think they were trying to express the principle behind 1 Peter 3 and the other passages on clothing and, and modesty, but instead they made it a rule. And it basically took something that should be spirit-led, the principle, and it got taken over with legalism. Looking back now, we can say like Paul did to the Galatians, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Because the Galatians went from being spirit-led to legalism. Well, do you know who bewitched the purity culture people? <laughs> How that got on the wrong track? It was actually public schools. Believe it or not, public schools back in the 80s and 90s, wanted, they wanted kids to be taught abstinence. So they actually invited Christians who were teaching about abstinence into the schools to teach it there. This is so interesting, I think. But of course, they had to take out the gospel because it was in a public school. So I'm sure there was all the good intention of thinking, you know what, teaching abstinence without the gospel sounds better than no teaching at all, and we would love to be in the public school, so let's go ahead and do it. And so guess what? They removed the gospel from the teaching. And when you remove Jesus from anything, you end up with legalism. It's sad, but it really made a lot of sense to me as to how this all happened. Anyway, this expression about be careful what you wear, be modest so you don't cause your brother to stumble, like I said, I think they had great intentions, but I don't think they ever imagined the message that this would deliver. And it creates a mindset. It has created a mindset that has affected both men and women. And I just want to, even though this is getting long, I want to talk briefly about that mindset and how dangerous this expression is. It basically says boys and men can't control themselves, that they, they can't have self-control. This is wrong. And that women always have self-control, which 
honestly, is also wrong. It's pretty degrading to men and puts a burden on women and girls that is not theirs to carry. It also teaches boys and men that women are reduced to just their bodies, as if we have nothing else to offer, that that's the first thing they see. It's this overemphasis on sex. This expression gives us a mindset that girls and women are responsible for men's sin, and it's something people have actually said, and it's not true. And like I said, it objectifies women. It, this expression has given many young girls the creepy feeling that all the men are looking at their bodies at church or anywhere, and that that is all they are to them. And these are all horribly wrong and harmful results of something that was most likely well-intentioned. It also, this expression, you know, to not cause your brother to stumble, to dress in that way, that alone, um, and just the, the teaching that went behind it, it takes away from growing closer to Christ with a desire to please Him in all ways because it puts so much focus on these rules. It's like we've forgotten that growing closer to Christ involves other things too. So anyway, please don't say this anymore. Please think about dressing in ways that please God instead of dressing in ways that might cause someone to stumble. Finally, my last thought on modesty, and I know I've gone long, sorry, but it brings me back to last week and I can't leave it out. Do not be quick to judge others. To remember to look at the heart, specifically about other people's clothing. Holding someone accountable for what they're wearing should only be done in relationship, really close relationship. And I believe it must be done with humility. It should be a discussion rather than a command. And as far as people that we're not in relationship with, please remember, and I need to remember too, I'm, tell, I'm not just you know preaching to you, I'm telling this to myself, we don't know their backstory. You don't know how they struggled to find something to wear that day. You don't know if they needed to wear that or even wear it all the time because it gives them confidence and they're just learning to find confidence in God. Telling them to change their shirt or that their bra strap is showing is not going to help them find their worth in Christ. We just don't know. And as a friend of mine reminded me recently, we also don't know how fragile people are or we forget. Because most of us are pretty good, at least in public, of looking like we have it all together. Or that we have a sense of humor about our weight or our hair or our wrinkles or our muffin top. But the reality is most of us are also human. And we have hearts that can be deeply hurt. Offhanded comments, as well as intentional digging, can really wound people. Dear friends, let's be so careful not to wound each other. Oh, let's be so careful. And if you have these wounds, I want to say they are absolutely real. And even if they are decades old, they can still hurt. But don't forget, Jesus heals. Jesus heals wounds. Let's take all our woundedness to him. He doesn't think it's stupid. Even if you cry over that comment, 
or the t-shirt that doesn't fit you anymore or how you feel when you put on a bathing suit. Jesus cares about your fragile heart and he can and he will heal you of that hurt. We all have to go to him again and again to reaffirm that our worth is in what he says about us and nothing else. Not what we see in the mirror, not in where we want to go to college or how big our house is or how many friends we have or anything else, just in what he says. And he says that you are a precious child, loved, with a divine purpose. Just think of that. It should build up a security in your heart that heals all those wounds. And how about we just actually encourage each other? Tell that person at church they look nice today. Tell the girl at Starbucks you love her hair. Let's celebrate the good. Let's show grace for those who are in a different place than us. Let's make modest be about being humble and teachable and extending the love of Christ to others. Thanks for listening. I hope and pray this was an encouragement to you and that all of us will grow in being led by the Holy Spirit in all things, even our clothing. Till next time.